Today on Keep Classical Weird, it's a giant compilation episode. We're exploring the bizarre fact that most instruments tend to attract a certain type of person, or do they? This whole topic brings up the question, is it the personality that chooses the instrument, or is it the instrument that makes the personality? That's that's the philosophical fork in the road we find ourselves, right? <laughs> and, and it's probably a little bit of both. Welcome, friends, to episode 10 of Keep Classical Weird. I am your host, Casey Bozell, and today's episode explores the weird world of instrumental personalities. There's a reason that jokes about musicians are so plentiful and so hilarious, and that's because when people picture someone who plays a particular instrument, they usually picture a particular type of person, sometimes all the way down to the fashion sense. So what makes these stereotypes, fair or not, so distinct? And is it nature or nurture that brings people to these conclusions? I did the only natural thing to do with this question, which is to ask 14 orchestral musicians, each representing a different instrument, to describe what they believe are the preconceived notions of said instrument. And then, and I can't tell you how fun this was, I asked them to tell me the preconceived notions of all the other instruments as well. We've got a lot of ground to cover, so let's get started. What do you think of when you picture a flute player? So my wife is a flutist, so this is modulated. Um, I would say intense and driven. Meticulous list makers. Whenever I think of flutes, I think of like someone with a scarf has that kind of air about them. Not snobby, but like elegant. Very stylish, and I always think of them as having like very good fashion, and hair, their hair is always just right. Flutists are beautiful. I think they are, as I mentioned before, um, quite diva-ish. Do, do you remember Rabbit from um, uh, the Winnie the Pooh? I feel like Rabbit from Winnie the Pooh is grew up for sure to be a flute player. Like every single characteristic of Rabbit is like um, very, very quick. Um, you know, very clever and like quick to make decisions and everything. Very organized. Sweet. Hello, I'm Liberty Brolet. I play flute and piccolo. As a flute player, I think we tend to think of flute players as prissy. Yes. And uh, type A, in my experience and in uh, what people perceive of me, I'm often told I'm not like a flute player, and I think it's because I'm a little lazy. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I, would, I would firmly put me in a type B, um, you know, so... Although I did, I did make notes for this interview. All evidence points to the contrary, but okay. I chose the flute because we had one, um, and my sister played first. My sister is a flute player. She is type A. She is she is a flute player. I picked up the flute. She's six years older, so when I was in first grade, I picked up the head joint, made a really pretty sound, and then when I picked it up in fifth grade, uh, I was really good. And so I guess there is one like a uh, flute player characteristic is that I really like people telling me how good I am. So, <laughs> so 
So there you go. Because we are, since the 70s, perceived as a female instrument, I think that uh, flute players are often considered bossy. Ah, to go, because... Because it's because a, we're because we're ladies and, because we're but we're ladies. in charge, ladies. We're ladies in charge, and so people want to, uh, you know, want to count us as bossy. To the flutist left in the orchestra sits the oboe. Many interviewees suggested that the actual mechanics of playing the oboe somehow directly affected their personality. Gotta be a little quirky to choose a double read. <laughs> Totally fair. All that back pressure from the, re- you know. And then the back pressure, I don't know, does something to their personality. I guess maybe people think maybe because of all the back pressure uh, that, that they have to deal with, I don't, I don't know, potentially that could be bad for mental health, perhaps. They're very crafty, and I mean that in both senses of the word. I love my oboe player friends, but they are a fussy, fussy bunch of people. That's why they're always sitting there with their little knives and you know i mean then there's just the whole knives thing like you are spending 99 percent of your time hunched over a little desk in a small room making reads and you have to be okay with that high maintenance person my name is ryan zwallen and i play the oboe i think when people picture an oboist they're definitely thinking about quiet pretty anal retentive uh probably pretty introverted people and i would say i think that's a pretty decent stereotype for the oboe world and i think most of that comes from the fact that we spend more of our time whittling away at wood and obsessing over the way we sound um, than we actually get to do uh all of our practicing and playing it's horrible. <laughs> they don't tell you about read making when you are saying, I want to play the oboe. They don't tell you why well, you're going to spend 90% of your time whittling away. <laughs> right. So they like, they sucked you in. They recruited you and then informed you later that this was part of the deal. Years later. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> We definitely can, I think it's much more subtle, but I would say another stereotype that can fit a lot of oboes is kind of a subtle um, ego, sort of superior, what's that, complex, superiority complex. Um, We definitely have that, but I think we're a little more subtle about it than maybe a violinist or a flutist would be. So if you had to picture what your opposite was. That's a tricky one because I think um, oboists are so much more superior than any other instrument that everyone, to some extent, is really kind of an opposite. (laughs) See, it's not always subtle. Um, (laughs) While many of these instruments conjured up immediate agreement among my interviewees, the clarinet was tougher. I feel like clarinet, they're kind of always surprised to be there. I mean, they're kind of chameleons in some ways. I don't really think this is exactly the right word, but boring. Aloof. I think clarinetists are pretty just kind of like cool cats. They're kind of quiet. They kind of do their own thing. Then they get to rip out some Gershwin Rhapsody in blue, and it's like, dude, you're so cool. In some ways, kind of maybe the unsung hero of the wind section. You got to feel sorry for clarinet players, because 
they're the people that were shoved in lockers in middle school. My name is Louis DiMartino, and I play the clarinet. What do other people think of when they picture a clarinetist? God, I don't know. There was that, there's that joke about clarinetists staring at the orange juice, and they were doing that because it said concentrate. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that is a clarinetist thing. I don't know. Actually, you know, I talk about this with my other clarinet friends and other wind player friends, but how it's, it's very um, male-dominated, actually. Lots of girls play clarinet um, in, uh, you know, school. But then for some reason in orchestras, it's like just lots of guys playing clarinet for some reason. So we talk about that. It's kind of funny. I think that there are only like five or six female principal clarinets in North America. Really? It couldn't be be that low. Yeah, which is crazy because I know so many really great, you know, female clarinetists. Um, Yeah, but it's a lot of boys that play the clarinet, which is kind of funny. Um, I think clarinetists can be kind of competitive. And uh, although I have a lot of really good friends that are um, like you know, clarinetists. So, um, but they can be a little bit competitive. They can be vibey at auditions, you know. I have a theory that you always, people always dislike the instrument that sits behind them. You know, flute players also never like clarinet players because we're always blasting into their heads. Even though our next instrument, the bassoon, is a double reed instrument, just like the oboe, no one brought up any back pressure at all. Bassoon has a very, like, unique voice, kind of um, characters, like, quirky. Usually really fun. They're very quirky people. It's like the misfit instrument. Uh, Unique. I always think of bassoonists as having to have like a really good sense of humor because their instrument is what it is. They still like to make reads, so you know, they, they have a little of that craftiness going on. They're smart, they're dorky, they know all the television shows because they're re- making their reads and they're just watching TV like constantly. It's like the sound of friendship to me. My name is Nicole Buetti and I play the bassoon and contrabassoon. If you're a non-musician or a non-concert goer, you think... What is a bassoon? And then you have to explain (laughs) to the person, well, it's that tree-looking thing that sticks out of the orchestra. Or if contra bassoon, you got to tell them it's the giant wooden paperclip that kind of flatulates every once in a while. And and so that's what what they think. But I think um, concert goers and and musicians, um, they think that we're very eccentric, quirky people. Uh, the bassoon is the platypus of the orchestra. We are the odd ducks. We're kind of the the, the, the strange people that, that you say, why did you pick that instrument in the first place? It's, it's a bit of a masochistic type of thing because the bassoon, you know, we've got a billion keys and we got to make our own reeds and all of that. So you got to be a little bit of a masochist to, to choose bassoon. Also uh, intelligent as well. I think. Um, I've heard that we're mysterious. I don't know about that, but (laughs) some people have said that bassoonists are mysterious. Uh, We're definitely mischievous. Uh, We're always up to something, always up to some kind of trouble. And we definitely have a dark side. That's another thing you got to have to play the bassoon. You got to have a little bit of a dark side. Wow. So do you think now, given this archetype, do you think you fit? the particular archetype of a bassoonist? Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> no question. I am definitely a platypus. <laughs> I am I am completely out there. <laughs> definitely mischievous. I'm definitely always up to something. And now to the instrument that bridges the gap between the woodwinds and the brass, the French horn. French horn is, I, I, I love French horn players. It's my favorite brass instrument by far, and I actually always think that um, French horn players are really sexy. I find French horns very complicated. Um, sophisticated. Somebody that likes to listen to themselves play. <laughs> but is actually fun to hang around with. Probably... Most people might consider them the, the wild uh, childs of the, the brass family. Very difficult instrument to master. French horns are always wanting to make sure everybody knows that their instrument's the hardest instrument to play. Like, it's harder than yours. The only thing people can think of is how hard it is to play bass. It might be really easy, and they've told us all that it's really impossibly complicated and hard. And I, I'm pretty sure it is. My name is Leander Starr, and I play the French horn. The French horn is the most diverse instrument in the brass family. So, like, we could be a lot of different things compared to, like, other brass sections. I do have to say that, like, one out of every two horn players basically looks like me. So that is to say a white guy with, like, dark hair and glasses and, like, impeccable, like, shoe taste. Okay, that's so that's approximately 50% of French horn players. Yeah, approximately. And which which leads in gigs, everyone's like, I think I, I've played with you before. And I'm like, nope, never, never, never met. I can be um, a little more outgoing than the very typical horn player. But as a rule, I would say that jo- horn players are pretty jolly. There's a 90%, like 10% thing going on with personality. Okay. So 90% of horn players are jolly, they're a little insecure, they're um, very humble, and like th- this is like we, we feel like we suck at our instrument and we're like, you know, just trying our best all the, all the time. And then the, there's the 10% who are like total sociopaths. Those 10% end up usually in principal horn positions where you need sort of like the, the nerves of steel and like the, the sort of I don't really care kind of attitude sometimes. And I don't think most people think about that when they think about horn players, but they exist. This is the like underbelly of French horn personality. I had no idea there was an underbelly, yeah. a CD yes. underbelly. That's wow. When it comes to trumpets, the struggle to find the words was, well, there was no struggle. I'll put this nicely. Very self-confident. You should want to hear what I'm doing is like kind of the personality, like I'm kind of a big deal. Confident, very, very confident. Ego, having the big ego and wanting to be the center of attention. Trumpet are total egomaniacs. People always think of trumpets as having big egos, but I think they kind of have to, right? Because if you're playing in an orchestra, you're just sitting there cold for who knows how long, and then you have to come in and just nail this solo out of nowhere that everybody can hear. They can totally hear if you screw it up. So yeah, you do have to have a lot of self-confidence. My name is Catherine Evans, and I play the trumpet. What do you think other people think of when they picture a trumpet player? I think most people, I mean, first of all, a man, mostly. (laughs) Um, 
but um, primarily somebody who's playing Taps on Memorial Day, who's playing military calls of one kind or another, um, or maybe a solo on um, in a bandstand somewhere outside um, during the summer. But um, I think a lot of people who listen to classical music, there's a bunch of superhero stuff in there because um, the principal trumpet has fared so well in John Williams's movies. <laughs> so you have these incredible heroic melodies um, from Indiana Jones and Star Wars and Superman. So people think of nerves of steel and high notes and lots of breast support. <laughs> I was actually chatting with a bunch of other trumpet players who were in the audience at a professional symphony concert. And we all sat there at the intermission and talked about how we have residual anxiety when the major trumpet parts come up in each piece. <laughs> so it's not all, it's a, it's a little bit of show there. <laughs> we're sitting in the audience saying, go, 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 go. Especially when I was younger, people would meet me and say, oh, I could have sworn you played the flute or the violin. Um, I don't present in any way mannerism or um, or physically or anything um, as a principal trumpet player. And yet in my soul, I fit the stereotype pretty well. You Internally, you're like, <laughs> yes. yes, that's correct. Internally, I finally had to kind of admit it to myself. What I ended up coming down to was that the trumpet is, that, that's where that part of my personality takes its voice. So in the moments that I am heroic and brave and soaring, that's on my instrument. On to the next instrument in the brass family, the trombone. Trombone makes me think of like, um, like beer drinker, <laughs> kind of like a dude. Somebody that can hold their liquor. In one word. Beer. You meet a trombonist, and you, you can just be like, so what are your hobbies right now? And they'll just like really get into it. And like, they'll just like, well, right now, like I'm, well, a lot of the hobbies are gonna be alcohol based. So like, usually it's gonna be like, we're, we're growing hops to make beer. Like, you know, I'm making cocktails at a, you know, blah, 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 my antique shaker or whatever. They're nice, they're like, they're bros. Loud and possibly inebriated. Trombone, uh, probably one of the most disrespected <laughs> instruments in the orchestra. You know, I, I think of so many jokes. My name is Michael Mayer, and I play the trombone. What do you think people think of when they picture a trombone player? Personality-wise, just kind of like um, they like to drink beer and hang out together. Do you feel like you fit that archetype? Uh, some of it. I like to, I like to drink beer. I mean, not, not, I, not as much as some people probably. Um, but the hangout together, I think that's very true about trombone players. They don't. Um, you can't be like a big diva if you're playing trombone because you can't take yourself that seriously. So I feel like the most trombone players are pretty nice and they like like one another and have a lot in common. So I do feel like I fit that, that part of it. So they like to hang out with each other or with other people or both? Uh, probably with each other. I'm not sure if that's because other people don't want to hang out with them or <laughs> they just, they don't have as much going on maybe. Can I tell you my favorite thing that your lovely spouse said about the trombone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that she said a lot of great things about the trombone, but she said also trombones really like to tune things at the end of rehearsals when I'm ready to go home. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we don't get to play that much. 
Right. So. Until until after rehearsal's over, and then those ten minutes. That's yeah. That's your time. Yeah. Um, Sorry to everyone everywhere for that. It's just plain fascinating, isn't it? And we are only halfway through, so we're going to leave it there and explore our exciting instrumental conclusion next week. Are you enjoying the podcast? We are having such a blast producing it, and we want to know that you're enjoying it too. Leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And with that, let's cue our theme music. This music is composed by the uh, trumpet player, Thomas Barber. Check him out at thomasbarber.com. Web development support is provided by Tina at citybeautifuldesign.com. Keep Classical Weird is created and edited by me, Casey Bozell. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. Have questions, comments, or ideas that you'd like to be read on the podcast? Shoot us an email at keepclassicalweird at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with part two of Instrumental Personalities. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe and stay weird.